0: Blog Talk Radio. All right, fans. Here we go. Four two-minute rounds of boxing scheduled. Women in the ring. the two-minute round, your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. This is episode number 92. My name is Felipe León from Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico, and joining us from Riverside, California is none other than Mr. David Avila. David, how are you doing tonight?
1: Very good, Felipe. Thank you. How are you?
0: Good, good. Thank you for asking. And from the North, uh, Northern California, the Bay area. Near San Francisco is Miss, Mrs. Lupi Gutierrez. Lupi, how you doing tonight?
2: Good. Hi, everybody.
0: Good, good. We're, we're here for another about hour, hour and a half of female boxing. Last show, the last show, episode 91, if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, we did have a great guest in Mr. Abel Sanchez who spoke to us about uh, his training of Cecilia Breakhouse, and we're going to be talking about that fight um, later on in the show because it is coming up fairly soon here and then we had a surprise guest call in with uh, Rick Ramos who is none other than the trainer slash manager of Jessica McCaskill who is going to be Cecilia breakout opponent on Saturday, August the 15th so if you haven't had a chance to listen to that show I highly recommend it because not only was the, um, the interview with Mr. Sanchez very very informative but we also had Rick Ramos' uh, opinion okay. about some of the things that we spoke about with Mr. Mr. Sanchez and, obviously, about the chances of his fighter dethroning the queen of female boxing, um, you know, undefeated, undisputed uh, welterweight champion, and Jessica McCaskill will be going up from 140 to 147, but we'll talk about that later. What we are going to talk about today was the only fight that happened The last two weeks in female boxing, the only major fight that happened in female boxing, and that was on Friday, July the 24th, from the Fantasy Springs Casino in India, California. Golden Boy Promotions gave us on The Zone their jump into boxing during the COVID-19 pandemic. This was their first show since March um, that they've actually uh, put together, and they did it at the Fantasy Springs Casino, just like Top Rank did in Vegas. They set up uh, what they call a "quote unquote" bubble, and they had it there at the Fantasy Springs Casino, where there's a hotel room, there's a, there's a, a uh, an arena there where the fights were held. Uh, Golden Boy's worked out of there many, many times, and uh, one of the fights featured on that fight card was one that included a fighter that was all scheduled to fight back in March, but. Unfortunately, her fight was canceled back then, and she got the call this time. Chinesa Estrada, the current WBC Silver uh, 108-pound champion and the interim 112 WBA champion, scored a what many are saying, and, and I, I don't doubt it, the fastest knockout in female boxing history. When it, with six punches in about eight seconds, she completely destroyed. Um, also undefeated Miranda Atkins in the first round of eight schedule. Lupi, obviously this fight has gone viral. Those six seconds have gone viral. Everybody's been reading up on it that's interested in it, of how it happened, why it happened. But we haven't had a chance to talk about it live on the air. So Lupi, what are your first impressions of the fight?
2: My first impression was how, all the people who don't talk female boxing, they sure were talking female boxing after that happened. Yeah. It's kind of a gripe. It's kind of a gripe. But um, I think, first of all, we should um, not give – there's plenty of blame to go around. Sunisa Estrada should not – she did her job, and that was to go in there and, uh, and, and fight. I mean, this girl came in at 5-0 and um, with a belt, and I think looking at it on paper, it seems to probably that all right, it'll go a couple of rounds and I'll freaking lay her out, which it didn't happen. It happened in the first uh, few seconds. Um, I, you know, I didn't post this fight on my social media. I put it in a story, but I didn't post it. Um, I didn't think that it was a good look for female boxing for me to put on my page.
0: David, what do what you... Well, no, I mean, I just wanted to get your opinion about um, the fight. You know, what are your thoughts? We, we're going to go into a little bit more detail. But, David, uh, what did you think as far? I mean, one thing that, that we did speak about here on our last show when we when we um, announced this fight is that, I mean, we knew that that Atkins more than likely was not going to be a, a match for Sinisa Strada, a fighter who has a lot, a lot of experience. David, you've been following her career pretty much since she started when she was, you know, eight, nine, seven, seven years old, eight years old. Um, but none of us could imagine that it could have gone through that.
1: Yeah, well, I I knew it was going to be a first round knockout. I didn't know it was going to take seven seconds, but <laughs> but I knew it was going to be a first round knockout because she is that good. Samisa is, she's in a whole different level, very, very few girls or at that level. So, yeah, in that part, I was not surprised.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. But we, we had no idea that it was going to be this quick. Now, since um, since the fight, there's been, you know, a lot of reports of where Miss Miranda Atkins came from and how this fight was made. Um, obviously, publicly, Robert Diaz, who is the main matchmaker for... Uh, golden boy Promotions took the blame stating publicly that you know he just wanted to make a fight for for Sineza hadn't fought yeah. in a long time there had been well since March or no actually longer than March since November of last year mm-hmm. when we saw her yeah. beat Marlene Esparza in that fight on the mm-hmm. Canelo undercard that there had been two fight camps that had fell through for her because of COVID and that uh, he couldn't find an opponent. The original opponent that she had for March was Jackie Calvo from Mexico, but Jackie Calvo ended up hurting her knee and wasn't able to participate in this fight in uh, in uh in in August, in uh, July. So he said, you know what? They sent me her name a matchmaker that he wasn't able he a booker that he wasn't willing to name. Sent me her name. I looked at it and I submitted her name to the California State Athletic Commission, and they went ahead and approved it. Now, Andy Foster, who is the director of the California State Athletic Commission, he himself also took the blame, and he said, quote, and I quote, he said this to Boxing Scene, uh, BoxingScene.com, he said, it's fair to criticize me. I didn't think Atkins would win, but Golden Boy brought the fight in, and I looked at her record. Five knockouts and five wins and five fights. The WBC had approved her as the opponent for one of its title fights, and even if a fighter hasn't been a quality opponent, if they're knocked out everyone they fought, they might be able to fight. What can I say? I should have checked her out mm-hmm. further. I got duped by her record and made a mistake. Well, that's good and dandy by Mr. Andy Foster, but it's not just about, and, 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 let, me, and let me preface my next statement. by I've dealt with not only the California State Athletic Commission before in regards of making fights, but also with Andy Foster directly. I've had conversations with him uh, regarding certain fights that a promoter in San Diego wanted to make, and I was involved in making them. So that's full disclosure uh, right there. And, you know, when I was having discussions with him of fights that needed to be made, they were nowhere near um, the high-profile fight that this was. There weren't for any titles. There were just little four-round fights, and he was very – um he would deep make a deep dive into the opponent's records i mean he wouldn't just look at the opponent of who they who what their record was but he would deep dive and see who they had beaten and who they have beaten and so on and so forth so for him to say that he just looked at her record that she knocked everybody out and that she was 5 and 0 and that was good enough for him to to let this fight go through then that to me it's something that I've known, well, I thought, I don't know if I know it, but I thought it is that there's different, there's different levels, and it depends on who their promoter is, that the commission, and I'm just not saying the California State of Commission, but other commissions, which they will allow. Here we have a, a major promoter, a promoter that brings in a lot of promotions into California that spend a lot of sanctioning fees, and when they want to slide a fight through well, maybe they get a, a little extra help from the commission, whereas a smaller local club promoter tries to make a fight that's a lot more competitive than this one just by on paper, and they really give you a pushback. So um, that's what I think, that it wasn't enough, in my opinion, for for Andy Foster just to look at her record but see who she beaten and who those fighters have beaten. You know, later yeah. on it came out once somebody investigated that – out of those five fighters that she had been in, none of them had ever fought again. None of them had ever fought since. And there's a rumor, I don't know if it's true because I don't know if it's corroborated, but there's a rumor that some of them were exotic dancers that her promoter slash ex-husband uh, <laughs> procured for her. So not that Andy Foster or Robert Diaz would have known that from um, her box rec or her fight facts, but you, they would have seen that the fighters that, that she had beaten, they had never fought before or after she had fought, and that to me was a big red flag of why allowing this fight to happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I now, mean, between the three of us, we found information yeah. really quick. Yeah, and, and the yeah. other
0: thing too, the other thing too is that you know I agree with with Loopy that there's not we can't criticize. We can't criticize uh Tine She went to to get there to do a job. She hadn't fought. These fighters are anxious to fight, especially now that they don't know when their next fight's gonna come. Um and um and she was anxious to fight. And as far as Thomas Hauser reported, her purse was seventy five thousand dollars. So mm-hmm. so um If anybody was anxious to fight, it was Sineas Estrada to make that money. Nobody can blame her, but this is prize fighting. People could get hurt, and I think there should have been a little bit more of a funnel there or a filter. And I I, I don't really blame Robert Diaz either because I know that he was trying to make a fight for his fighter, and that's his job. And if he submits it to the California Commission and they accept it, he did his job because he's not – as a matchmaker – his job description, honestly, is not to protect the opponent of the fighter of his promotional company. I mean, the the ones that are there to protect the the fighter is the California State Athletic Commission in this case. And honestly, they didn't do their job. They absolutely didn't, did not do their job. And I'm adamant in saying that this fight should have never have happened. It should have never happened. It didn't matter who needed a fight, when did it matter if Foster should have known and let this fight happen.
1: It's always it's always uh, easy to say after the fact you know, it should not have mm-hmm. happened, but if, what if the girl was five and you know, all five knockouts and could fight? I mean, there have been a good fight.
0: We wouldn't. I, I mean, her. I mean, no, not if necessarily. Well, not necessarily. Well, no, no. There's no fighter out there that that can compete with Iniesta strata that we wouldn't know about. If we, if no, we you're if we saying
1: are, you're saying two different things. You're saying Senisa Estrada. But I'm saying there are people that are 5 and old that nobody knows about that maybe they're not on the level of Senisa Estrada because yeah. she's yeah. she's an A-plus fighter. But a C, C-plus, or B fighter, yeah, there's fighters out there that we don't know about that are that have no YouTube. You know, it's really hard to really investigate everything. It really is. Yeah. Even with David, YouTube. David, I
2: David? It is David and you're right. Um but I so with all that being said, I think we uh there's plenty of blame to go around, but the blame lies with John cardin Combat Promotions. He was her they were married. They're not even they got an annulment in June. So who knows everyone knows Tanisa, no one knew her. So he has the most blame of putting her in there and everybody knows Tanisa. So he has the most blame.
0: And there's I also mean, there's also reports of him doing other uh, unscrupulous type of promotions yeah. after in Kansas, even to the point of, yeah. you know, letting a, a, a mentally challenged person get in the ring because he needed an oh, opponent for somebody that could sell, sell a lot of tickets. That's, so, I agree yeah, that's with Luke. Special, <laughs>
2: special Olympic athlete. He was a special Olympic athlete. He was an athlete for the Special Olympics. But to put mm. him in, that was, you know, that's evil. It is but.
0: to piggyback on that, you know, yeah, maybe she could fight, but looking at what the things that we had before the fight, which we talked about last, last um, show was one, she had never fought anybody that had a winning record Two, the fighters that she had been in had never fought before or since. I think the only one that had fought after was the, the opponent made her pro debut against Atkins and then fought her again for that, I'm not even going to call it a title because if you're fighting somebody that's 0-1 for a title, you're just – whoever gave up that title is just making a sanctioning fee. And she's 42 years old. Now, yes, hindsight 2020, you know, we, we did find out that, that – um, we did find out that she started boxing when she was uh, – when she started training, actually, when she's 39 years old, and now she's 42. So she's actually only been training – for three years, and now she's facing somebody that has been fighting since for 20 years. She was like eight, seven, eight years old. So, you know, and, you know, if we would have never heard of her or anything, I just don't think that a, a fighter that we've never heard of with that record and that age should ever been put in the ring with a fighter of the level of Tineas Estrada. Or even a B level fighter, maybe a C level fighter, but not a B level fighter, not an A level fighter, and and not an elite fighter like Sinisa Strada. So,
2: yeah,
0: that's I understand that Sinisa wants to cash that seventy five thousand dollar check and everything, but then how good we should have felt about that money if something would have happened. You know, good. Thank God that Ooh. nothing happened. And the other thing too that that I thought about is right now we're in the middle of a of a little. Back and forth between you know the boxing world, the female boxing world, and some entities out there that don't believe that a three-minute round should happen. You know, mainly and one of the biggest is the WBC. The WBC has not allowed, or they don't want to allow, they don't want to sanction their fights to be for three minutes. This fight was technically sanctioned, even though it was an eight-rounder, by the WBC. God. Thank God nothing happened to Miranda Atkins. But what would have happened? How how tight were they of? Even though it was only eight seconds, and there was a mm. the two-minute round, but how tight were would they happen to a tragedy that could have happened to
2: she to could have keep? Been
0: yeah, and they would have said, "See, women can't take punches. They can't take punches. Yeah. So the three-minute round can't happen." You Know they would have grabbed that and used it as an ammunition against the three minute round because even though it could have happened in the two minute and the two minute round, because they obviously did because it was scheduled for two minutes, it would have proved their point that female fighters can't take as much punishment as male fighters, and that's their main argument of why now allow the three minute round. So they would have used that as, as ammunition to keep that fight going, and they would just be it mm-hmm. would have been tragic because we all know that. Yeah it doesn't belong there, so Thank, hopefully, with, I mean, with all the, go ahead.
2: With all the deaths that in the last year, year and a half, I mean, I'm surprised. It was scary, you know? I'm like, wow, with all the deaths that we've had? I mean, yeah, it should have never happened.
0: And, and thanks, thankfully, she she recouped pretty fast, you know? I mean, by the way that she was hit, and I mean, kind of. we don't know if Sinessa kind of like pulled some punches, because as soon as she landed a couple punches, I think Sinessa I mean, as soon as the bell rang, I think Sinessa realized that this woman had no business yeah. being there. And maybe she just hit her with, like, some – I mean, it didn't look like devastating punches. I mean, I've never been punched like uh, like that before. But, but maybe – I mean, I'm hoping that Sinessa just pulled back a little bit and knew that if she hit her enough, it was going to be over. And, and that's exactly what happened. She didn't even really
2: I think put her did. hands
0: up. You know? Yeah. So, I think
2: she did. I, put her out of her mentally yeah. fast.
0: And I think that Sinesa handled it. Go ahead, David.
1: The, the speed of those combinations though, was
0: yeah. impressive. Mm-hmm. And well, after that fight, one thing that happened is that Sinessa has gotten a lot of a of a, uh, in, uh, a lot of attention. She's been on some uh, interviews and she's talked about it. And she has she has given up her agenda that you know, not that this fight is over. She really wants to get a shot for a title. She's She's shooting for the WBA 105 pound champion, who is Annabelle Ortiz. She's shooting for the WBC full place champion, Jacenia um, uh, Gomez. And then, no word, actually, the one that actually challenged her for a fight was the current WBA flyweight champion, Naoko Fuyoka. But unfortunately, uh, Miss Fuyoka can't enter the, the, the country.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: Actually, the last time that we saw Fioké was here in L.A., and it was – was it late February or early March? Because the COVID uh, – February. Yeah. I think it was February, February. Yeah,
1: I think it was February.
0: <laughs> Let me check, because actually on my phone I have some pictures of that day, and it would yeah, tell me all the date pictures. right there. Yeah, it would tell me the date on there. Because it was before COVID, because nobody was wearing a mask. There was no uh, – there was no, uh, you know, there was no threat. Nobody was thinking. Uh, let me see, I got it right here. It was February 15th. That was the day that was a Saturday yeah. that we, I went up to LA and David was there and we uh, we saw no, Kofuyoka, Spar, uh, Adelaide of Reese, and I forgot the name of the other Japanese young woman who is the WBO. Mio B- Yoshida. Mio Yoshida, who's the WBO champ. So we saw him there. So since then they haven't been able to come back. So hopefully uh, something can get done. Although that's not a fight that Sinenza has mentioned That's something that she wants to do. David, do you have any info as far as if she is willing to face Fujioka? Uh,
1: well, according to her dad, they do want to face Fujioka, uh, but uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I guess it just depends on what's more attainable. Um, there could be other factors like. Maybe it's easier to get somebody uh, to fight from Mexico than it is Japan. Things like that.
0: Now, another good news that came out of that fight is the actual the actual budget for that fight. I mean, it was seventy five thousand for Estrada, and it was ten thousand for Atkins. So, I mean, Golden Boy they budgeted eighty five thousand dollars for that fight, whereas the last fight. I- yeah, that's good news because that means that, you know, not that it's equal, but it's getting there. You know, for an eight-rounder, even though it was supposed to be a 10-rounder, for, for an eight-rounder to have a budget of 85000 um, it's pretty good. Because if if I'm not mistaken, I think the last time, her last fight against Marlene Estrada, I think they got 50-50 each, right?
1: Yeah. So wasn't like that, that the report?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, wasn't that the report that they got fifty thousand dollars each? I mean, they might have some incentives and things like that, but that was a budget of a hundred thousand and here's a budget of eighty five thousand, which is only fifteen thousand dollars less, with the majority, the big lion share, going to Sinister Strado. So that is also good news if the purses for women's boxing team um, you know, going in that direction. Now let's move on to some news that actually happened today, which was very interesting. The, w, the undefeated WBO Super Featherweight Champion, Ewa Bronikas, Eva Branica of Poland, has signed an exclusive promotional contract with matchroom boxing of Eddie Hearn. Hearn has stated the winner of tomorrow's fight between Terry Harper and Natasha Jones could face Branica in their next fight. More news on that in a little bit once we talk about this. Branica joins Cecilia Breakhouse, Katie Taylor and the affirmation Harper, among others, under the Matchroom Boxing banner. Well, let me read the other note because it's intertwined and we can talk about both. Hours after it was announced that Brownica signed to Matchroom, the World Boxing Organization, or WBO, announced a mandatory fight between champion Branica and American Mikaela Mayer. Both parties, Matchroom and Top Rank, who promotes Mayer, have 10 ra- 10 days to reach an agreement for the title match. But listen, this is the part I don't understand. is the fight If not, the fight goes to purse bid with the minimum acceptable bid is a $10,000. So are you going to tell me? You're going to tell me that Golden Boy budgets $85,000 to have Sineas Strata fight Miranda Atkins, but any promoter could bid any amount over $10,000 and get and possibly, not that it might happen, but possibly win the right to promote this fight. That's the way it works, Lupi. The way it works is this. So the WBO says you guys have 10 days to come up to to negotiate and come up with an agreement on this fight. Eddie Hearn can make an offer to Top Rank to bring Mikaeli the mayor to England and have the fight made there, or Top Rank can make an offer to Eddie Hearn to bring Terry Harper to the United States and have the fight done over here. And obviously, you know, it all depends. The champion will probably get about 75% of the purse. Oh no, no, that would be a, a, a straight negotiation. But if they don't reach an agreement in 10 days, then the WBO would have a purse bid. And the way a purse bid works is each promoter that has that has a membership for the year 2020 with the WBO, and I think it's about $2,000 for the membership per year, unless they've gone up in price. Has the right to put in their bid. So, top rank can say, okay, why well, bid $50,000 with the 75% of it going to the champion, Terry Harper, if she wins against Jones, obviously. Oh, I don't know, Bronica, because she's fun to fight. Yeah, Bronica.
1: Bronica. Yeah.
0: yeah. And then, matchroom boxing might say, well, I offer 60000 right? But Lou de which Probably is not going to happen. But any other promoter could go out and say, "Well, I bid $100,000. And if that promoter bids more than Top Rank and Matchroom Boxing, then that promoter has the right to promote the fight. And but what? Oh. I, yeah. But what I find unbelievable yeah. is that the minimum bid is ten thousand dollars when <laughs> Estrada and Atkin's got a budget of eighty-five thousand dollars.
2: So that is such a slap in the face. It is such yeah. a slap in the face for female boxing.
1: Well,
0: that's and, just a minimum, David, though. Yeah, that is just yeah. a minimum. But David, and this is what I thought when I saw that. That's what I. Uh-huh. That's what I thought. This is what I thought when I saw, and I want to get your opinion. Yes, it's a minimum. and Obviously, they're going to bid more than that. Is it going to be yeah. eighty-five thousand? Who knows? You know, if it's, if it's going to be eighty-five thousand, who knows? It's Going to be a hundred thousand? Who knows? But they're going to bid more than that. But don't you think that it doesn't help female boxing and and female boxers' purse bids when the WBO sets that as a minimum because they're not setting that as a minimum for, for male world champion uh, fights, you know? And that's going to yeah. that's gonna set at least the bar, the minimum bar of what the purses are going to be for those male fighters. But for the women fighters, yeah. they're setting the bar very low, which makes their purses be very low.
1: Yeah, good point. I think they have to be updated definitely. definitely. That is very low I think they're a little behind the times. I think the WBO is kind of, you know... Maybe they that, that's the way it's been for the last couple of years, but within these last two years, things have really changed.
0: No, yeah. Besides that, I mean, here, here's how, and this is something that we've spoken about, this is how much pull Top Rank has with the WBO, which is possibly their, their favorite uh, sanctioning body. You know, Obviously, uh, England is in hours before us. So even Mikaela Mayer in her social media stated that she woke up to the news that Bronica had signed with Matchroom Boxing. And even Steffi Bull, who I believe is the promoter the, or the co-promoter or the trainer of Terry Harper, kind of taunted Michaela Mayer saying, well, there you go. You know, you're not going to get a chance next because we're probably going to – we're going to probably um, – he didn't say it like that, but this is what – I'm guessing this is what he meant that we're probably going to unify with Bronica if we come as a winner against jones um, so I'm, I'm thinking that somebody at top rank picked up the phone called Paco Barcarcel because very yep. when's the last yep. time that, when's the last time that the WBO has has ordered a mandatory in a female fight never I'm, I cannot yeah. think of one mandatory that the WBO has ever mandated ever. They don't even have rankings, and something that we have criticized and spoken hmm. about on this show plenty of times. So, all of a sudden, the same day, hours not hours after the after matchroom announces that they signed the WBO champ, then they miraculously ordered a mandatory between Bronica and Mikaela Mayer, who obviously is promoted by Top Rank. So, obviously, somebody picked up the phone over in Vegas where Top Rank is, has their office to Puerto Rico where Paco Alcarcel has his office and said, hey, help us out here. And that's exactly what happened. Now, it goes back to that conversation that many people were, were uh, trying to decipher between Bob Arum and Mikaela Mayer, where after she won her last fight against Helen Joseph from Las Vegas, you could see in the video that Bob Aram said, I just received a call, we're gonna fight for the title next. So more than likely, it was with the WBO, and more than likely, the WBO didn't know that Bronico was in talks with matching boxing, so when this happened and they got signed, they had to move to make Top Rank happy, don't you think, David?
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. In fact, there's a lot of money that Top Rank has to offer. I can, I can actually foresee and, and I'll, I'll even predict Michaela Mayer will be on the next Tyson Fury card, and that will <laughs> up the ante way up there. I mm. mean, we're talking about a million-dollar fight card, Tyson Fury, Michaela uh, Mayer on the same card. I can see the first bid going way up, or or the offer being because of that. Because, uh, I mean, there's a lot of money in there and yeah. with Tyson Fury. he's with top But that bank. would
0: be until December. That uh, be well, until that's September.
1: probably what's going to happen. I, the, think the, well, I think that's what's going to happen.
0: Well, I think that once they – before we go to the next, uh, the next thing, what are your thoughts about this whole thing, Lupi?
2: My thoughts – It's. you know, this is just another thing with the fight. I mean, I know it's just an, a minimum bid of 10 grand, but then it makes me think, you know, after I, – I was speaking with the upper echelon women in the field, and I won't mention names. Well, after the Sinisa fight, and then when they announced who Marlon was fighting, the a question across the board is: Are they? Is is female boxing getting? Support? You know how it is. It's blowing up. It's brewing. I mean, we're moving. Are they trying? Are they trying to ruin female boxing with these lousy matches and and, and stuff like this? That is over. That was the question in the last couple of weeks. But are they, they? Whoever they is trying to ruin female boxing because who's Dave
0: but who's Dave like, because I don't, know. I don't it's think
2: Golden Boy, it's, it's Golden Boy trying to ruin it by matching his fights is you know I mean no I don't I mean I don't, don't think how it's, it's, how it's, a, it's do. a
0: concentrated plan you know the thing with C.S. Stroud and Miranda Atkins you know it, it is what it is it happened it was during the pandemic I'm sure that if the pandemic wouldn't have happened Miranda Atkins would have never been on the radar for yeah. um, for Sinisa Estrada. I'm sure that Robert Diaz is kicking himself on the foot but by paying Miranda Atkins $10,000. I mean, that's something also that reflects on on the promotional company that they pay ten. They could have paid her $5,000. She would have taken that fight. She would never get a fight anywhere near that paycheck anywhere else. And it could have probably been $5,000 and she would have taken that fight. But her yeah. ex husband slash promoter. You know, saw that there was a chance to make a ton of money, and he took it. And you know, that's what boxing yeah. is about. It's price fighters—they're looking to make money. So, no. as far as like a whole like conspiracy to ruin female boxing, I don't think so. Uh, no, you know, I mean, but then but, after
2: that, I mean, after that, you get they announced the uh, fight, and Marlen, we're like, all right, you know, if something like Jackie cobble what a great fight! And then we get Marlene versus No. No, I love No. I do. She's a great person. She's a great girl. She's a great fighter. She fights anybody anytime. But then they give us that, and it's kind of like, we already know how it's going to end. And it's kind of like, wow, that just happened. Now this. It's like, come on. We already know how well, it's going
0: to end. The Nomi, I mean, we knew what, how Miranda Atkins was going to end. I mean, no matter how we tried to yeah. paint it, we knew how it was going to end. <laughs> now, the Naomi <normal>, both <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, are the odds are that are the odds are that Marlene Spars is going to win? Yes. The odds are that Marlene Spars is going to win. But but Marlene Sparta is coming off a loss, you know, so you kind of like so right then and there you kind of expect her to take an easier fight than than before. I mean, that's just boxing every every time a fighter loses and it's a fighter that has the uh, support of a promoter, you're going to you're going to get an easy out. Because you're gonna get back in there and get back to camp and get your confidence back up. Not that Marlene needs it, because she has all the experience in the world. But also, we're in, you know, a pandemic. Opponents are not easy to yeah, find. Yeah. She's closer to the weight. No, 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 no. Bosquez is closer to the weight. So, are the chances Marlene's gonna win yet? Do I know for yeah. a fact that she's gonna knock her out? I'm not 100% sure. David, are you 100% sure Marlene's is gonna knock out uh, Noemi Bosquez?
1: Uh No, not 100%. No. but no, Sulem
2: didn't knock her out. So.
0: Yeah. And, and, I, I, I and have a
2: question for David. I have a question for David. David, was yes. there anybody else that um Marlene could have fought?
1: Oh, yeah. She could have uh, fought uh, at a light Who's right in L.A. La yeah, La Cobra. Right and that, fight in LA. Gonna a, that, that fight's
2: going to be a – well,
0: putting on my promoter hat – like I mentioned, you know, you just had a really tough fight against uh Estrada, fight you lost, the fight that you got cut at cut at. And for you to go from Sinies Estrada and then after all this time, you know, and in the middle of the pandemic and going to an Eliza Ruiz who's undefeated, who is coming from a bigger weight of a one fifteen down to one twelve, I as a promoter, I as Robert Diaz I wouldn't make that fight. I would. I would wait. I. I mean, I would want that fight in the future, but not this fight where Esparza is coming off a loss, and you know they're trying to build her back up, and, and maybe get that rematch with with uh, Cines Estrada in the future. So I, uh, as a promoter, I, would not would not make that fight.
1: I, as a promoter, would do the opposite. I would take that fight. Whoever wins, wins, and whoever wins builds up women's boxing. And builds up a a following, you know, and excites the fans. This other way, they're not really exciting the fans. They're just protecting the fighter, and it's not, it's not worth it because women don't get the opportunities that much. So why waste them? That's that's my own feeling. I'm not saying yours is wrong, feeling because you're thinking like a promoter standing behind your fighter. But I'm thinking about a promoter trying to advance women's boxing, and I think that's the best way.
0: A golden boy is not trying to advance women's boxing. We know that yeah. golden boy is very; they're barely sticking their toe into the female boxing pool. I mean, if you really think about it, we could count since since golden boy signed Marlene Sparsa back in when was that? Seventeen or eighteen? When uh, when did she?
1: Yeah, she was before Sanisa, so I think sixteen.
0: How many? I mean, we could probably count. I mean, they probably made in those last four years, they probably made about what do you like, maybe 20, 25 less, 20 or 25 female fights but they have, because they've done all of Marlene Espazas, which are like seven. They've done like oh, two or three. True. They've yeah, done like two or three. Yeah, 2016. So in four years, they've probably done about 25 female fights. You know. Yeah. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say that they're trying to um, uh, you know, promote female boxing. I think that they're trying to figure out female boxing. There's been a lot of fights then that we've been Then they better able listen to, to, to the fight.
2: fans. Then they they better listen to the fans. They better listen to David. They gotta listen because after this last fight, they should have known. Like, if they think, I don't know if whether they think that there's enough fans that really. Care what we do care, you know. I mean, we know. I mean, for the people who really know, we know this next fight. We already know the outcome. Boring. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna watch it. I mean, I love Marlon. I love No No, but we already know. So they gotta go. Now the, go the most, get up to speed, man.
0: Now the 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 I the thought of why. I mean, this has crossed my mind, and we've spoken about it privately before. But the, why? Not only Golden Boy, but I think the Golden Boy would be the right match. But why another promotional company has not signed Adelaide Reese? I mean, that's a that's a mystery to me because yeah, she's a little bit older. She's in her late twenties, early thirties, maybe. Um, but she has an undefeated record, she's 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 exciting. Um, she has a great story, you know. Mm-hmm. Um she's, she's from Los Angeles, which would be perfect for Golden Boy. She's Mexican-American. She speaks fluent Spanish. She speaks perfect English. So that would be a great story to have. But And I don't know why they don't sign her or somebody big signs her, you know, because she's, she already has a good record. She already could be built. She has all that. You know, you just tell the story. Imagine all the women that have watched female boxing or watched boxing in general, and they find out about Eliza Reese where she has three kids. She works. Okay. You know, she came back to boxing after about 10-year hiatus because she didn't want to ask herself what if in the future. And she's able to balance all that while being a professional fighter. Imagine what these women that also do the same thing with their job and their kids and their family, and they're able to balance all that. Imagine how much they would buy into her story. You know, but it says, but I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with, you know, let them fight and whoever wins, Golden Boy signs because they already invested money in Marlene Sparta. Marlene Sparta brings in her own group of fans and 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 you know, she has like those, she has that that big publicity with like her sponsorships and the Olympics and all that. So that's why I don't think it's a reason of of why Golden Boy would put her in with Adelaide Reese. They, I think they're trying to build up for a Sulem-Urbina Sulem fight or a Denise yeah. Estrada uh, um, uh, rematch. And I hope Adelaida Reese gets into that mix, but as of right now, she's not.
2: Hey, David, do you think, and you both of you guys, because we're, we're on a chat throughout the day, so if everybody knows, we all talk. And so we were talking about Ebony Bridges in Australia, 4-0. She's got a big social media following. She's a beautiful blonde. She's a tough little fighter, she's, but she's 33. Do you think the same appliance and, David, we were talking about her being able to be built up, is the same being applied to Adelaide Ruiz because she is older in that age bracket? Uh,
1: I think that you have to do it fast. You really have to – you can't really build them up. You, you – you, You have a smaller window to do it because, I mean, they're going to slow down. So you got to give them hard fights right away and see if Mm -hmm. they can bite. Or otherwise, you're wasting time. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, right now at 33, I mean, she's a little, you know, if she was 35, then I'll be like, yeah, let's do it. But if she's 33 and if she can find a promoter, I mean, I know that she's with uh, Split T slash Empire Boxing with our good friend um, Mm -hmm.
2: Brian Cohen.
0: But, I mean, if you could find somebody that would give her five, six, even seven fights in one year, then I would use that year, those seven fights, to build her up. I don't know if she's fighting four or six rounders right now, but by the end of that year, she's up to – after those six or seven fights, she's up to uh, eight rounds. Then at 34, then you like, okay, and then you start looking for a world title or big names, and then exactly what David said, see if she can fight. And if she can fight, then she's going to fight. And if she can't, then – that's all she wrote, but we're gonna find out soon because time is not on her side.
2: Yeah, and she's got a great story too. She's a math teacher. She's in Australia. She's an artist. I mean, another great story. But I mean, you gotta pe- find people to believe in you, right?
0: Yeah. And, yeah, and that's yeah, the thing is that Australia is not known. It's not a. It's not known for a lot of boxing. I mean, obviously they've had some great champions out there, Jeff and Nick, and Jeff Horn more recently, and. Joseph Parker, well, he's from New Zealand, but it's right there. But in female boxing, you really don't hear a lot of – I mean, there is some female fighters out there. I think there's a WBO uh, semi-heavyweight champion, uh, Gervonta Perez, or, or – no, not a Gervonta, Giovanna or something like that. Um, but – and you got uh, Lulu Haddon, you know, who, who kind of took yeah, the – are- yeah, who took the horse by the by the reins or the bull by the reins and and actually moved to the United States to look for the fights because she wasn't getting the fights out of Australia. Mm-hmm. So it's something that yeah. um, she needs to do. The young woman you mentioned needs to do. Then you know if you want to make that if you want to make it happen, she's already signed to an American manager. So yeah. if you want to make it happen, you gotta jump. You gotta take that leap. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, uh, so that's all the news. Any other news that you might want to bring up, Lupi? Anything else you've seen in the pipeline?
2: Uh, let's see. There's been, I don't know. There's a, a a couple of um amateur pro debuts in Tijuana. You watching those, uh, Felipe? They're at, or, I, or I, the
0: I watched I watched, uh, I watched the I watched the one. I did because I've actually one. seen her around. Yeah, I've seen her around in uh, in um you know in L.A. and and stuff like that at the amateur shows. And I actually hear she, she had, had been down here. She
2: had a great showing. She had a great Yeah, so, I mean, we movie. have – she's a
0: – she fought at 122, but I think she's 118,
2: right? I think so.
0: Well,
2: I think she's actually she a one fifteen. showing on her pro debut, man. She came out – she looked good. She looked really, really good. Really good, really clean. Yeah, so – David, uh, so, did, you get, did you get to see that? Who was the, who
1: was the fighter again?
2: Marari Vivar. She's out of uh, – NGBA Boxing, and she made her debut in Rosarito.
1: No, we were saying,
2: like, all the debuts, all the amateurs weren't doing so good in Rosarito. Yeah. She did. Excellent.
0: Yeah, and I think I think there was a couple more that, that same day, and then the fight card before that, there was a couple there. So there's a new batch of very young, uh, very yes, experienced in the amateurs uh, female fighters coming through. Obviously, You know, they're barely getting started. They're barely doing their pro debut, but in a couple of years, those are probably going to be some of the fighters that we're going to be paying a lot more attention to on this show. So we'll keep an eye on that. Now, for our upcoming calendar, with our next show being August 20th, um, David, before we move on, did you have any other news or notes that you want to touch on?
1: Uh, Not that I remember now. I got sidetracked. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, so on uh, our coming calendar, we do have tomorrow, 11 a.m. is the fight card start on, uh, on Pacific Time, so out here in the West Coast, it's going to start at 11 a.m. with the first fight, obviously the main event's going to be a lot later, maybe about 2-ish, but Friday, tomorrow, August 7th, from the Matchroom Fight Camp in Essex, uh, England, Matchroom Boxing, Eddie Hearn gives us on the zone, Terry Harper defending her WBC 130-pound title against Natasha Jones in a scheduled 10 rounder. Now, obviously, you know, we know Joan, uh, Harper, she won the title by beating Eva Wallstrom in her last fight. Eva Wallstrom since then has retired. We all know the controversy. We all talked about it here on the show where Mikaela Mayer feels that she was sidestepped by the WBC and by Matt Boxing, and by Terry Harper because because Mikaela well not Terry Harper because Terry Harper was just going for the fight. But Mikaela Mayer was the number one yeah, number one ranked fighter. Um, and she deserved the shot against Eva Wallstrom, but Eva Wallstrom decided to fight Terry Harper, who was in the top fifteen yeah. and Terry Harper ended up beating her. Now there's been a since then there's been a long back and forth between Terry Harper and Mikhail Mayor on social media. And basically, that fight is brewing. I mean, that fight's the one mm-hmm. that's gonna happen. Not oh, yeah. next. Probably not next, because as we talked about a little while ago, Mikael Mayer has a fight against um, uh, Branica. But before that, Terry Harper needs to get past Natasha Jones. Now, here's my question to you, David. If Harper, if, if Mikael Mayer fights mm-hmm. Branica, and beats her. Do you think it gets this fight against Harper if Harper wins tomorrow? Obviously, closer or farther away? Because what Mikaela has stated since we've had her on the show and her whole career is that she wants a world title. She's ranked number one at WBC, so she gets a world title against a world title shot against Terry Harper, and that's who she was shooting for. But if she beats Brownika, she becomes a world champion. So is her hunger for Harper? still there or as intense as now when she doesn't have the world title? I
1: yes. I think um, I definitely think that Mayor wants to fight Harper. And I definitely think that Harper wants to fight uh, Michaela also, but more so, I think Eddie Hearn really wants that fight. I think he mm-hmm. really... Yeah. I, I think as a promoter, he's very pro-women. He really sees something... He. He's one of the few promoters that sees the uh, the future of women's boxing being big, and he's mm-hmm. he's already put he's already invested in it. He's invested in it and shown it by signing all these women, and I mm-hmm. think he sees it as a potential mega fight. Mm-hmm.
0: But Lupe, do yeah. you think that if 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 Mayor wins that WBO title? And Harper beats Natasha Jones and continues to be the WBC champion. Do you think it kind of gives them more time to build up the fight between them by making their defenses and then maybe later on, once there's a crowd and maybe more money, face each
2: other? Yes. I think Eddie Hearn knows what he's doing. And much props and love to him for what he's doing with female boxing. He's doing he's doing so much. But yeah, he is loving the build up. I mean, and then going back to Eva Wallstrom, I mean, she underestimated Terry Harper. Terry Harper, I mean, is fighting Natasha Jones, but we already know the outcome of that one, too. And I, I want to see this fight. I really do. I'll be watching tomorrow. I really want to see this fight. But Terry, we know how it's going to end because, um, what is her name? Vivian Obenhoff beat Natasha Jones, and Terry mm-hmm. Harper beat Obenhoff, so we know how it's going to end. So, but even though we know how it's going to end, I want to see the fight. But yes, mm-hmm. I think he's loving the build-up, and I think it's going to be—it's going to be—it's already brewing to be a great fight because social media is everything right now, and Michaela's right in there. So yeah, well,
0: I can't wait. If we—if we believe the WBO with what they announced today, and if—and if, and if Metro and Top Rank don't don't. Um, get to an agreement in the next 10 days. By the time we have our next show on August 20th, we should find out, Mm -hmm. we should know that if they came to an agreement or they're going to go to a first bid. And then we're going to find out what happens on that first bid and when the fight's going to happen. Now, the only question with that, like David mentioned, that they could have it on the Tyson Fury, um, more than likely Deontay Wilder fight, which has been rumored to be in December. Um, I think once you win the Pursuit, I think they give you a, a time frame of, they give you a time frame of about three months or 90 days for you to put on the fight. And I don't know if by December those 90 days have gone by, but knowing the WBO and knowing Top Rank, Top Rank could technically, quote unquote, ask them for an extension and allow them to do the fight beyond the 90 days. Um, but I don't know how that... Yeah. Fit into Branimir's schedule because maybe she was thinking of getting a fight fairly soon um, with Matchroom Boxing, and that's why she signed with them. Maybe Matchroom Boxing say, "Hey, you know, I could get you a fight in September, uh, late September, mid September." And if that if this happens and she can't fight until December, then it really puts a, a, a an obstacle in her schedule and see see what happens. So there's a, there's a couple of, uh, of issues there that could happen and see which way it goes. You know, because I I, I don't think that Branica wants to wait till December to fight. If Eddie Hearn has told her that he could get her to fight before that, which more than likely he can, being in Europe, I, I'm believing the European Union is a little bit more open to having fighters come in and stuff like that. So I'm thinking that Branica can get a fight before December with Eddie Hearn, but let's see if the WBO allows her to do it, or maybe they give her permission to do it. And as long as she wins, she gets to her next fight against has to be against Mayor. We'll see. Yeah. Now, yeah. also from um matchroom fight camp. Now so we're all in agreement that Terry Harper's gonna win this fight tomorrow, more than likely, right? And then that's gonna set the table to see yeah. what happens between her and I'm
1: re- I'm really curious. I see Styles make fights even though Vivian yeah. open up knocked out uh, uh Natasha Jonas uh, it doesn't <laughs> necessarily mean that she's that Jonas is going to get knocked out. It doesn't, I yeah. mean, she could see some flaws. I see flaws in Harper. I do. Mm-hmm. I see flaws oh, yeah, in her. I don't think that she Thomas doesn't will get knocked out. I don't think so. She, do, she doesn't have a, a, an extensive amateur career. She doesn't, she, she's a, a hard hitting girl and she's a good athlete, uh, but she still does a lot of things uh, a little crudely, she kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of those uh, Brazilian fighters that have all these knockouts, but they're not real polished.
2: Mm-hmm. That's what she reminds
1: yeah. me of. She, yeah. She's she's got good power, good speed, and she can you know she can fight. She's got a good heart. But if you got somebody with polish, and they can change uh, angles on her, then they got to
0: fight. Which Jones fight. does. Which Jones does because Jones. Um, has a, a pretty extensive amateur pedigree. You know, she has yeah, a an exactly. uh, amateur career, and although her pro she's career has not, yeah, she's an Olympian. So although her pro career has not uh, panned out as many expected, and like you mentioned, lupus, she did lose to Vivian Obenov, who is not a bad fighter. She's a she's a she's an opponent, and but she's a high level. Uh, recognizable name opponent and you know like David said maybe she just caught her styles make fights and maybe Jones has corrected those issues and maybe she could give a fight to Terry Harper now one thing that I do want to see from Terry Harper is how good she is at controlling the distance and using her her God-given talents and height and reach advantage to control not Natasha Jones. That's one thing that we have spoken about on this show is that there's one thing that make Ellen Mayer knows how to do is use her advantage in height and reach. She completely control mm-hmm. the fight. She did it with Ellen Joseph and she's pretty, done on, she pretty much done it on every fight she's ever had as a pro. So I want to see if Terry Harper is able to do that or if Natasha Jones has enough experience to get on the inside and make it a fight there. And if she does, we have a fight on our hands because of the things David said that maybe Harper doesn't yeah. have the experience against somebody yeah. that could work those kind of angles. So we'll see what happens yeah. tomorrow yeah. and we'll have that. Hey, I just want
2: to add on that. I just want to add on their fight that they're making history by being the first UK fighters um, fighting against each other for a world title. Oh,
0: wow.
1: Yeah. that's something. And- That's big.
0: And they're yeah. making history, too, because obviously they had tweeted that Cecilia Breakhouse and Jessica McCasco were going to be the first female fighter at the main event on the zone, but, but uh, a yeah. matchroom box, but, uh, but Terry Harper and Natasha Jones beat them by a week. So, yep. I uh, don't know if a fight fell out. I don't know if a fight fell out for, uh, for a matchroom, fi- matchroom boxing uh, tomorrow. I think they might have fallen out. I don't know if that was going to be the main event, but it's not Breakhouse and McCasco anymore, but Friday, August 14th, same site, Matchroom Fight Camp in Essex on Matchroom Boxing and The Zone. Shannon Courtney is going to face Rachel Ball in an eight-rounder at 122 pounds. This is another national UK fight between two uh, English fighters. But it's good to see what's down the pipeline, 122 pounds. At one point, she could, you know, uh, try to go after the Mexican WBC champion, Jamiliza Mercado or one of the other champions, or even become an opponent for Mariana Juarez in the future. Who knows? So it's good to see what is coming down um, from that side of the pond. And obviously, being with matchroom boxing, Eddie Hearn, like we talked about a couple minutes ago, he's very good at promoting female fighters and obviously investing a lot in women's boxing. And lastly, on Saturday, August 15th, from downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma on the zone. That's a Saturday. Cecilia Breakhouse against Jessica McCaskill for the WBC, WBA, IBO, IBF. I'm sorry, WBC, WBA, IBF, WBO, and IBO <laughs> Welcome All the belts. Champion. All the belts, undisputed champion. Cecilia Breakos, undefeated. Jessica McCaskill, she's a champion as well, but her belts will not be on the line, which are the WBA and WBC. 140 pound titles. This fight's at a catch weight of 145 pounds. So, that is a fight. One of the probably one of the two fights that we have been waiting for all year long. The other being, well, it was Katie Taylor against Amanda Serrano, but now it's Katie Taylor against Delfine Persoon, which is not a bad thing either because that's a rematch of their fight last year. So, we're going to get the first of those fights. On Saturday, August fifteenth, and you know, if I, I'm gonna go on the limb. Maybe people are not gonna like it, but I'm gonna shoot for Cecilia Breakhouse. I think she has enough to win the unanimous decision over Jessica McCaskill. What I want to see is that if she stays with the new style that Abel Sanchez talked to us about last show, or if the things get if the, rough, the waters get rough like we expect them to do and like what Rick Ramos promised us they would last show, if Breakhouse, like she did in her last fight in Monte Carlo, resorts back to her original more boxing, more European, more standing-up style. David, what do, you, what do you think would happen? Do you think Breakhouse resorts back, or do you think she's had enough time with Sanchez to tough it out and go for it uh, with the Mexican style that Abel Sanchez teaches?
1: You know, I think uh, – I don't think she's going to get an opportunity to change. I, I think mm-hmm. when you go Mexican-style, it's uh, – they're both Mexican-style fighters. Now, I think there's not going to be a chance. I think there's – they're going to just go at it, and it, it might just end in the fourth or fifth round. I don't know who's wow. going to win. I really don't know. I really don't know who's going to win that fight.
2: Now, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think Cecilia – she's not – She's not going to have the chance to go back because Jessica's more of a brawler. She's going to need that mes- Mexican style to make this a really exciting fight.
0: I think that. I think that, you know, that's a, Go ahead. Go ahead, Lopez.
2: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, I think that's a given. I think it's a given that it's going to be an exciting fight because McCaskill. She doesn't know any other way. She's just going to go forward and throw punches. If it, yeah. if it, oh, if my. it's not an exciting fight, it's because breakhouse some way or another neutralizer. And the only way that I can think of that can neutralize her is by boxing. But Sanchez told us that he doesn't want her to win that way. He wants her to win a different way. And the way that he wants her to Mm -hmm. win is what what he's taught her. Now, the last fight fight that we saw Cecilia Breakhouse really get pushed a little bit. It was an exciting fight, and that was against Callie Reese a couple years ago on HBO. So it's McCaskill... Gonna be big enough, Callie Reese was pretty big. If Macass is gonna be pretty big enough and aggressive enough to be able to do that, well, we're gonna see that on August 15th.
1: Absolutely,
2: we shall see.
0: Well, with that said, we reached the end of the two minute round your hooks and jabs look at the female boxing world. This is episode number 92. Next. A show is August 20th, every other Thursday here, 7:30 p.m. Pacific time. We hope to have uh, a um, a guest on our next show. It might be Cecilia Breakhouse, might be Jessica McCaskill, might be somebody else. We don't know. We'll work on it and we announce it on our Twitter, Twitter, and and our Facebook. So you want to follow us on those uh, on on those platforms? You can, and then you'll get some information of what is coming next on the show. So. We bid you good night from Mr. David Avila, Mrs. Lupe Gutierrez and myself Felipe Leon and we'll catch you here on August twentieth. Good night.
1: Enjoy. Bye.